ونشهدوننا Continuing the topic we have been discussing over the past few weeks with regards to nikah, we have mentioned the first aspect is that prior to marriage, prior to nikah, in Islam, the aspect of a premarital relationship is completely forbidden. This courting, boyfriend, girlfriend, etc. This is something that is has no place in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We went into great detail with regards to this aspect of this sort of So we discussed in detail with regards to this aspect the aspect of dating is completely haram, it is forbidden and it earns the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thereafter we mentioned the aspect of engagements etc. An engagement does not make it halal, does not make that this couple have the right and are permitted in Sharia to go out on a shopping spree etc. They are still not married, it is not permissible. Communication, all of this remains very shari, it remains as something haram. Thereafter we discuss the aspects with regards to nikah itself, the requirements of nikah, what is required. And it is nikah itself, it is a simple uh, process, it is something that is not, you know, uh, exquisite, fancy, etc. This is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala itself, ad-deen yusrun, deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is very simple. It is uh, straightforward. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentioned ala tasma'oon, ala tasma'oon. Have you not heard? Inna al-baladhata min al-iman. Verily, simplicity. This is part of iman. Simplicity, it is part of iman. So this aspect of that nikah itself, uh, the process is something that is very simple. And beyond that, after the nikah itself, is that sunnah after nikah, is the aspect of walima, all other types of gatherings, etc., have no shari status. And obviously, when it comes to nikah, like every aspect of our life, we avoid things that are foreign to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially we highlighted the aspect of this nikah, this uh, 
so-called Mendi parties, etc. This is something that has its roots in Hindu culture, in their lifestyle. It is not part of Islam. In the life of Nabi Rasulullah, all four daughters of Nabi Rasulullah were married. None of them had this type of function, this type of party. And worse to it, worse than that, is that when this function is taking place, that it is coupled with music, all of this type of things that increase the guna and the sin, increase the amount of guna, the amount of sin that is taking place. And what happens is that when it comes to a family situation, that because it's my relative, I am forced to attend. And if so-and-so person does not go, so-and-so person does not attend, then we begin to utter words, they think they are too pious. <coughs> they think they are too pious, holier than thou, that before what they used to do, now we are having this, they can't come. This word itself we need to examine, where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? So these aspects, the last few weeks, this topic, it is not there to talk to you about fancy stories, about this buzur and that sahabi, etc. to entertain us. But these are hard facts. These are things that you may not take lightly. Unfortunately, we are not here to candy coat and, you know, hide the realities. We like it, we like it. If we don't like it, we need to question ourselves. So this is such a gathering, such a function that has no basis in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thought that we would terminate the topic this week. But before we go into the actual topic, the start was that of talaq. But all of this came as a preamble to the topic itself. One person asked last week with regards to this aspect. So that's why we are touching on it. It is definitely something which is sensitive and has to be understood correctly. It has to be understood correctly. If we do not understand correctly, it might result in a person mis firstly misunderstanding misinterpreting and misquoting and that is not part of deen. This is not what we do as Muslims. The question came about from a person with regards to marriage of a revert, nikah with a revert, nikah with the Ahlul Kitab. Sometimes people come with questions also just to charao, just to create fitna. So we're going to look at it in two aspects. One is the aspect of Quran has permitted nikah to the Ahle Kitab. Now when it comes to Ahle Kitab, we need to understand who are they, who are the Ahle Kitab, who was being referred to. And Ahle Kitab are those who are given a divine scripture, generally referred to the those who are given the Torah and the Injil. The followers of Isa salam, the followers of Musa salam which were the original Christians who followed the original Kitab. Today they do not exist. Today perhaps we've got Christians who are following the cross etc. So yes, there was a zamana and a time where it was permissible to make nikah to the Ahle Kitab who had Iman on Allah as their Rabb and followed their Nabi as their Nabi and followed their Kitab as their Book of Guidance. When they had taken the Nabi as their Rabb, then that is Shirk. They no longer remain as Ahle Kitab. They are now excluded from that terminology. So today's Christian who believes that Isa is God, the Son of God, 
and Mary and all of these aspects, they no longer fall in the definition, the Shari definition of Ahle Kitab. So therefore in today's time, Nikah with Christians, with Jews is not permissible. It is not permissible. So first is to understand this aspect that when it comes to Nikah with the Ahle Kitab, yes, initially it was permitted. In the time of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, Madina Munawwara, there were those Jews who were firm on the Sharia of Musa alayhi salam. In the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam, there were those Christians who were firm on the Sharia of Isa alayhi salam. They are termed as the Ahl Kitab. They have been considered as Ahl Kitab. To marry them is permissible. And this is not a fatwa, but in our time, if we were to find such a Christian who follows the original kitab that was revealed, if they are able to find it, and firmly believes that Allah Ta'ala has no son, no daughters, no wife, etc. And Allah Ta'ala is our Rabb, Isa Islam was his Nabi. Then such a person will be classified Ahle Kitab. If you find someone like that in this time, if you find somebody of that category in our Zamana. So that's one aspect. Then it comes to the aspect which was part of the question of marrying a beaver. This to understand was majority of the Sahaba radiallahu Majority of them were not in deen, they came into Islam. Majority of them were not in deen, they came into Islam. Now the foundation is what is important. The bunyad, the basis. So this is twofold. If you have to go and look in our communities, I'm not saying Montclair itself, I'm saying in general society, we will find many a times there are those who became Muslim and on the basis of marriage, on the basis of getting married, and they have far surpassed born Muslims. They have far surpassed the born Muslims in their ibadat in their ta'alluq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in their ruhaniyat and their spirituality. So this aspect, again, nikah to a revert, a person who has accepted Islam, is 100% permissible. And many a times, unfortunately, we have this mindset of aprawara and our qawm, etc. So we look down that that woman, her son married a river, we look down on them. We are a judgmental community. That you know what, he got married to a person of this kind and that kind of nature. Yet we find how many times we have seen that that same person far surpasses the person's own Muslim siblings, born Muslim. So this aspect, yes, it is something sensitive and it is not taboo. That person who has married a woman who has come into deen or vice versa, many a times we have seen that they have surpassed, went far ahead in spirituality than the born Muslim. But on the other hand, we have seen also, and many have witnessed, so we are not giving fatawa, we are presenting scenario that those who ventured into such a marriage that they themselves were dragged out of Islam. 
Those children grew up confused. On Diwali they lit lamps, on Eid day they made Eid Mubarak. And then they grow up into adults put confused. La ilaha ula, wa la ha ilaha, na idar he na udar. They have no stability. So that person who has brought, whether it was a woman or a man into deen, on the basis and the foundation of nikah, has a great responsibility. And that responsibility is not of maintaining a marriage, but creating a mu'min, creating an individual who has connection with Allah subhanahu That individual who has brought that person into deen, who has brought that revert into Islam, has not only got the responsibility of being a good spouse, but has the responsibility of being a good da'i and a good invited to Allah subhanahu so we are presenting the situation. One is the aspect of nikah to Ahle Kitab. Quran permits it today, you don't find Ahle Kitab. Then, generally that person who has entered into Islam, on one occasion, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh, such a great sahabi, the son-in-law of Nabi on the battlefield, on the battlefield, he is about to strike an enemy, and this person immediately utters the kalima. He is about, he is in a position where that's it. He's, He's gone. He uttered the kalima, which made him a Muslim. But he was killed. And this was presented to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was furious. He was angry. Described the anger of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi that the veins on the forehead of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi would pop out. Sometimes we say, don't get angry. There's times to get angry. The anger of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was for deen, not personal. So, <coughs> Nabi Sallallahu becomes upset, he's angry, he says to Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they present, he only accepted Islam to save his life, there was no sincerity, he didn't want to become a Muslim, so we end up saying these things, she only accepted Islam to get married, he only became, he read Kalima so he can make nikah, Nabi Sallallahu became furious. And he says, Halla shakakta an qalbihi. Why didn't you split open his heart and see what was there? We are a judgmental ummah. How many of those that entered into Islam have gone far ahead of us? They are mal and they ibadat. They cannot read Quran. They are sitting with love of Quran in their hearts. How many we have seen? They cannot read the kalam of Allah, but their children are kuppas. Do not judge. Do not put anyone down. So yes, this aspect of nikah to a revert, it's got its positive aspects, it's got its negative aspects. There's the pros, the cons. It all depends on that individual. And not only that person, the family also. How many a mother-in-law has ill-treated that revert daughter-in-law, has given preference to the other daughters-in-law because they have come from a certain family, they were born Muslims, resulting in her going far away from Allah, resulting in her going away from deen. The Nabi of Allah cried when he saw the janazah of a Jew, the funeral procession of a Jew. What actions of ours distance people from deen? What actions of ours distance people from deen? Today we are quick to put the stamp of takfir. So and so is a kafir. So and so is a kafir. Don't read namaz behind me. Nabi Wasallam looked for every excuse. This is my name. So this, this aspect, 
that on the one hand, the nikah to the Ahle Kitab is not permissible today. Because we don't find them. The aspect of nikah to a revert, 100% permissible. But it carries great responsibility. The responsibility of being a good spouse and the correct responsibility of being a da'i, invited to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The spiritual progress of that revert is in the hands of that spouse and the family. In the hands of that spouse and that family. Today in our masjid, in our community, somebody comes and wants to become a Muslim. We get so excited. We want to broadcast it. People want to take videos in the masjid and broadcast. So and so came and took the shahada. Yet our son has to bring somebody in. We're not encouraging it. But we're advising in these lines of what is our response. That when they bring that girl or that daughter's that proposal has come in this way and that's a revert. Do we become as happy at that time? Do we become so joyful and ecstatic? This is one more person coming into deen. This is one more person coming into deen. So this is an important aspect. Then on the other side, unfortunately, the most hated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of permissible actions. Abghadul mabihat. Abghadul mabihat. Those things which are permissible, but despised by Allah ta'ala is the aspect of talaq. And that is where we started off. That even this month, year, in the month of Ramadan, shaitan is chained, shaitan is locked, yet talaqs were being fired one way. Talaq, it is the right of the husband first. He has the right, whenever he wants to, he can give it. There's a few years back, a very, very prominent and high elite family, when shortly after the nikah, barely one day, barely one day, the talaq was given and the marriage was terminated. Now understand this aspect of talaq, it has to be understood correctly. Unfortunately, Muslims do not understand talaq, what is the repercussions of it. And this is something we think, you know, it's just like breaking up because we have, we have become accustomed to dating and this going out sort of culture that today he broke up with her, tomorrow they back together. This is not part of deen. This is not part of deen. Just as two words made that woman halal. Nakahtuha she has become the wife. Two words. The tongue, Nabi Salaam says with regards to it, Jurmuhu Sagheer. The tongue, the weight, it's a very, very light. The tongue is very light in comparison to the body. Nobody got a 5 kg tongue. But the guna and the sins of the tongue are very, very great. The guna and the sins are very, very great. He's such a coward that he does the dirty work and hides behind 32 protectors. Person swears swears at you, you won't go take the tongue and bash up the tongue. You're giving him a blue eye, the eye is suffering. You're breaking his hand, you're fracturing the ribs, everything else, the tongue did the dirty work. The tongue was the cause, everything else is getting the hype. The same tongue which was used to establish a nikah is the same tongue that is used to terminate a marriage. This aspect of talaq, to understand, on one occasion during the Khilafat of Umar radiallahu anhu. Umar radiallahu anhu is that Sahabi, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to him, Shaitan is frightened to walk on the same side of the road with you. Shaitan is frightened to walk on the same side of the road. Yet a Sahabi, his wife was giving him health. 
So he decides, let me go to the Amirul Mu'mineen. Let me go to Umar radiallahu anhu. Let me seek his arbitration and his counsel. And as he reaches the house of Umar radiallahu anhu, lo and behold, he hears Umar radiallahu anhu getting a tongue lashing. His wife was shouting and screaming at him. Who? Umar radiallahu anhu. The same Umar shaitan was frightened to walk on the same side. His wife wasn't afraid to let him have it. Umar so this sahabi makes a U-turn, he's going away. Umar sees him going away. Umar sees him going away, calls him back. Says, what is the matter? Says, I was coming to tell you that my wife is shouting at me. She doesn't respect me. She does this. But you seem to be in a worse off situation. You seem to be in a worse off situation. That's why I'm going away. Umar spoke to him, advised him, etc. This is their heart. Let them speak. Allow them their freedom, etc. The time. An argument is an argument when two people are shouting. When one person speaks and speaks and speaks, when one person speaks and speaks and speaks, the other one keeps quiet. There's no argument. There's no argument. The point for us to understand, a successful marriage, a successful marriage is not where every day is like a honeymoon. Every day a person is divana and hearts are floating in the air. But a successful marriage is that imagine the Nabi of Allah became upset. He separated from his wives. He goes up into a separate room. He is not associating with anybody. Umar Abu Bakr is in a state of bewilderment. Umar has the courage to go to him to find out have you divorced your wives? Who? The Nabi of Allah. Allah Ta'ala gives him the choice in Quran Al-Kareem Ya ayyuhan nabi ila talaqtumun nisa But for us to understand a successful marriage is not one where it's smooth sailing every day but that successful marriage is those waves that come that difficulties that come that they are able to overcome it they are able to overcome the challenges, they are able to overcome the hurdles, the hardships, all of this that comes in that marriage, they are able to go over them, to cross them, to proceed, to progress and to grow together. No man and woman will agree on everything. There will not be such that they are every day is the same. There is definitely going to be differences. There will be disputes. There will be disagreements, etc. But that successful marriage is the one that carries on, goes beyond those challenges. But Deen has allowed that if issues are such that they are, you know, they are gone into such situations that they cannot be resolved, then talaq is allowed. The termination of the marriage is allowed. But to do it in a good way, to do it in a proper way, to do it within the limits of Sharia. All of these aspects have been described in Quran Al-Kareem. The first aspect to understand is that the minute there is an argument, settle down. Do not issue the talaq at that time. How many a person comes and says, I, but, but Mulana, I was angry. But Morana, I said it out of anger. I said it out of anger. Which person is happy and gives a talaq? My wife, I love you. Here's your talaq. 
which person does this? So at that moment, in the heat of the argument, be a man. Why is talaq not the white right of the wife? Marriages perhaps won't last even a few hours. How many times they would have given us talaq? But it's there, it's given to the man because he is seen to be a little bit more tolerant. He is considered a little bit more tolerant, but not trained. What has happened to our For every small thing, for a pinch of salt, talaq is being given. So hold it. Take it, take time to understand the seriousness of what you are doing. And understand, you have got that gun and you are given three bullets. Tada! You have got the gun, you are given three bullets. At that time, when that person issues the one tala, the marriage is over. There's no reason to carry on shooting. There's no reason to carry on shooting. To terminate a nikah, one talaq is sufficient. Never ever issue more than one at any time. If you want to make talaq, people want to get married, we make mashara with the ulama. We'll go to the monana, uh, my son wants to get married. Talaq time, nobody worries about asking first. Never ever issue more than one talaq. One is sufficient. A person gave his wife one talaq, the marriage is over. Three months of iddat, after three months they are complete strangers. He can get married to who he wants, she can get married to who she wants. They want to get married to each other again, they welcome. Why he has given one talaq? In that three month duration, while she is still in the iddah, if he wants to make ruju, he can take her back. After the three months have passed, if he wants to, they want to reconcile, they want to get back together, then they have to perform a nikah and get married again. But now one, one bullet is gone already. And the second nikah between that husband and wife, he's only got two left. He's only got two left. Never ever issue three talaq on one city. A person who is using all those three bullets at the same time, woman who has given three talaq is mughallaza. That woman, she is mughallaza. It is showing that Allah is giving a person, giving this couple three time, three chances. That obviously for issuing the first talaq, it was something that they could not resolve. They have reached a stage where things were extremely bad. Not to whose house we're going to go for on Eid day. That is not extremely bad. Stay in your house. That's not grounds for a talaq. But things have gone to such an extreme that they cannot be resolved. They cannot be. They cannot work it out. Fine. Give the talaq. Now, second time the couple got back together, back into a situation but that they cannot resolve. They're in an extreme situation. Second talaq is given. After Perhaps two years, three years, they come back together, they reunite, they reconcile, they think about the children suddenly. At the time of the argument, no one thought about the children. Fine, they made the nikah again. Now they have a problem after some time. He issues the third talaq. You know, is basically explaining to us that you've given it three shots. You've given it three times. Move on. Move on. Obviously, this is not working. Perhaps you need to try somewhere else. But what do we do? We want to give three talaq all at one time. Person who's used that three bullets at three intervals or using all three at one time is the same. Yes, it is referred to in Sharia as talaq e bid'ah. It is referred as talaq e bid'ah. Nabi Wasallam became furious when he heard this, that a sahabi has given all three talaqs at one time. But ultimately it is valid. It is valid. And when that nikah is terminated, 
to reconcile, to come together and you know engage in relationships, etc. is zina. This zina. So one is the aspect of halala itself, that is separate. If we're discussing this aspect of talaq, talaq is an extreme measure. It is an extreme measure. It is not used to end an argument. It is used to terminate a marriage. And one is sufficient. A person who gives one talaq, that marriage is terminated, it is over. Do not, do not give three talaq. Do not give three talaq. And understand, if a person is in that situation, he feels that there is no way forward, that this is the end of the road, this marriage has to terminate. When it came to getting married, you spoke to your father, you spoke to this person, you spoke to that person. Make mashwara, discuss it, take guidance in the matter before you terminate the marriage, before you put it on the rocks. Because yes, a person mentioned to me now in Ramadan, who had given three talaq to his wife, who was four and a half months pregnant, that she asked for it. Who gives everything to the wife that she asks for? If she gave everything that she asked for, you'd be a pauper standing on the street. She asked for it. And then he gave what? On top of that, he gave the three talaq. He had given three talaq. And says, she didn't understand the seriousness. She didn't understand the repercussions of what she was asking for. The reality is that this is in your head. You are the man. You are supposed to take control. You are the man. You are supposed to take control. Control yourself. <coughs> Learn self-control. So one person mentioned very beautifully that my wife is first. How you write first, it's a big number one, not a small, a very big number one, an ST. You know what that ST stands for? Sabar tester. A very big number one sabar tester. We have to exercise sabar. We have to maintain that control. Cherish. Look after that marriage. It is half of your iman. It is half of your iman. And never ever issue three talaqs. If we are in that situation that we want to terminate the marriage, seek guidance in the matter before we regret our actions. Allah Allah grant us. Thank <laughs> you.